We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Ladies and gentlemen, as promised, Andy Leo, what's up, brother? How you doing? Feeling pretty good, man. Thanks for having me on. Oh, no, I appreciate you coming in, man. I'm just telling you, I saw the get up. I was like, so you were out there balling? <laughs> Where were you playing? You playing a little pickup game? Yeah, that's a little basketball tournament over in Chinatown. Okay. Yeah, got the Chinese New Year coming up. Got to oh, play it. All know? right. Happy Chinese New Year. How, how'd you, you play brother. tonight? You had the jumper uh, going or got what? A little air ball 0 for 3. I'm not Ooh. afraid to admit it. Not great. All not right. great. The opposite of, uh, of Paul George tonight. So, <laughs> not pretty. Looking your, like more like Zaza out there. All right. What's your strengths on the basketball court? <laughs> what, what, what do you attack? What, well, what position you like to play? Where are you most comfortable stationed? So after after a couple of broken bones and a torn ACL, oh. you know. It, so it's, you're rebuilt in a lab. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> See, I don't I don't have the uh, I don't have the LeBron uh, strength and conditioning. Uh, you know, coach. So you're I not on HGH. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> I'm okay. not. A, so I got I to do it clean, man. Right. So it's tough. It, it's a lot of setting screens, a lot of, a lot of dirty hits, yeah. you know, a lot of, a lot of defense, if that's what you call it, a lot of offhand shoves, you know, anything sure. that the ref can't see, I've done it before. So you're, you're basically PJ Tucker without any kind of offensive skill at all. <laughs> all right. That's fair. You know, sometimes, sometimes the threes goes in, most yeah. of the times it doesn't. All right. And, and obviously we're going to get into some heavy Warriors conversation. I just got to say, uh, the job you guys do at Warriors World is, is top tier man i mean it's just it's one of the go-to resources for uh for dub nation and so uh nice work i'm always following Appreciate warriors that. world on twitter and uh you guys are crushing the game man and you know you, you think about the, one of the main topics i want to get into and we're going to stretch out a little bit for the next hour uh, and if you have any questions for andy go ahead and hit us up on the chill nobody text line 95795 demarcus cousins is there any concern for you andy that now that there's no minutes restriction on demarcus knowing what he's got at stake this year, which he's got to show the rest of the NBA, all the other GMs that would be interested in acquiring this guy. He's got to show them he's back. But he also has to be mindful of the fact that the Warriors don't need him to win. And, you know, he's here on a $5 million contract. He's here on a, a repaired Achilles tendon. 
yeah, he wants to play, he wants to produce, but if he's not in there for closing time, he's just going to have to understand that, hey, the, the Warriors have closed out a lot of games with the Hamptons 5, and they've earned Steve Kerr's trust. At some point, do you worry that DeMarcus Cousins uh, maybe isn't happy uh, sitting on the bench and that maybe creeps into the locker room and uh, he has a little issue with Steve Kerr? I'd be concerned. I'd be concerned. That That's something that I, I feel like he's a superstar. Like yeah. he's not he's not me, right? He's not a scrub walking into the you know and, and sacrificing minutes. He's not JaVale McGee. He's not this type of guy that can just sit on the bench and be okay with that. He thinks he's still a thirty, you know, a twenty five and fifteen type of player. And sure. He might be. Yeah. But he can say all he wants about, you know, being able to sacrifice. It's a different story. Not everyone is Steph Curry. You look at KD, he sacrificed a little bit. He's sacrificing again this year. But there's parts of him where he's like, Hey man, like I do want the ball more. Why aren't you running pick and rolls for me, right? I, I see that with Cousins, too. You see it already. Um, he doesn't want to come out the game, right? But, you know, to be honest, Andre Godala should be closing with Draymond Green. Right. So uh, it's one of the things where you can't shut off how a superstar thinks. And it's going to be interesting to how Steve Kerr deals with it. The good thing is um, that they don't have to cater to him because he's not going to be back. Right. That, and that was one of the main points that I was making. It's like, okay, so Boogie's a little pissed off. Like his behavior and and his play, those are the two key factors that are going to decide how much playing time and what kind of role this guy has. Let me ask you this: in your estimation, and I'll just tell you right away, I, I say they don't need this guy to win an NBA title this year. Correct. What do you think? Yeah. No, they don't need him. Absolutely not. Okay. Right. But does he know that? Does he believe that? Right. He's sitting in the locker room. He he might say that, and he might be like, okay, yeah, that makes sense, but. Hey, it comes down to it, and it's game four, or game five, or game six of a playoff series, and they're down four with about six minutes left. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd want to play if I was Boogie, well, but yeah, Steve Kerr's not going to play him. There's wanting to play, and then there's understanding that I'm on a team with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, <laughs> Kevin Durant, Andre Iguodala, Sean Livingston, on and on and on. Don't you think, Andy, that Bob Myers and Steve Kerr sat DeMarcus down, and I'm talking about like last offseason, like when they decided DeMarcus Cousins were using our mid-level exception money on Boogie, he's coming to the dubs. Don't you think they had that conversation with DeMarcus then about, hey, even if your rehab goes great, and keep in mind, Damian Jones was still healthy at that point, so he was still in the conversation. It's it's a luxury for Boogie that Damian Jones isn't around anymore because that's just be another guy that could potentially be clamoring for playing time, but even then... They had to have that conversation with him, right? About this is going to be the type of role that you can expect in in a best case scenario. I mean, hey, they probably told him every other night. They were worried about it. I'm sure they were. The players weren't. They loved it. They're like, hey, we want this guy, KD. I want this guy. They they didn't. They don't think like you look on the court and you see that KD wants him or Clay or Steph wants him, and then all of a sudden Cousins is taking you know 15 shots, and that's taking shots away from those other guys. Sure. They're probably not happy. They're probably thinking like, hey, I kind of want to shoot more. Right. And they don't think of that in the moment. So you can talk all you want when it comes down to it in the heat of the moment it's different. And that that's where the problem is. But the 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 good thing is um, with Katie, what they did last year against Houston, um, you kind of have to give him the ball. That's something he wants to do. That's something he's always done. And they ran ISO and it kind of backfired on him Um, with Cousins. It's more if you want to go, if it doesn't work out, that's fine. But the other thing is he wants that, you know, he wants that max contract. And you don't you don't get a max contract playing twenty four minutes a game and not closing out halves, right? You don't yeah. you don't get any type of money. You're coming back to the Warriors if that's the case. So yeah. Well, let me ask you this: 
I, I think we both can agree that DeMarcus Cousins, this really is, his mission statement is twofold. One, he's got a chance to finally play in the playoffs, okay? And he's got a chance to go win a ring. I mean, that's every player's goal. He will tell you that's why he came here. And I, I think kind of the rallying cry of this team is let's win one for Boogie, okay? I, I think that's kind of what everybody's got behind. Yeah, you know, they want the three-peat and they just want to win because that's what you get paid to do, but looking for motivation. I mean, hell, they were talking about, hey, we want to win one for freaking Matt Barnes last year, okay? So, come <laughs> on say now. anything, yeah. Right, exactly. Win one for anyone. Whatever, yeah, exactly, all right? Okay, let's win one for Thunder, you know, our old mask guy, right? I mean, who cares? <laughs> yeah, win we one for Franco Finn, baby. You know what I mean? Like, come on, let's go. Uh, but the other side of it is, for DeMarcus Cousins, he's got a, a huge contract on the line because I, I don't think that anybody... Uh, thinks that DeMarcus is going to be back next year uh, for the most obvious reason that other GMs out there are going to want to offer this guy big-time bucks because his career arc speaks to you know a potential all-star right. player. How much impact do you think he has to have in order to garner that type of money in this upcoming offseason? Yeah, that's, that's really tough, right? That's a great yeah. question because it's... Well, I ask he, great questions. Yeah, I <laughs> love that. Uh, and I give great answers. Sure. Well, but I, that's why we got you. That's here. why we're here. <laughs> but no, um, he, I don't think he can. I don't think there's a way. And I think if that starts to seep into his mind, then then that becomes an issue. Because there's no way he looks like how he did last year. There's no way he's playing 35 minutes game and looks like that. But here's the other thing I find interesting. He's actually been great in the locker room. From everything that I've, I talked about that earlier. Yep. Yep. He's been amazing. He's been like mostly happy, right, for what Cousins is. He's not been moody, kind of like what the other guys are and have been this, you know, kind of the last two seasons. Yeah. He's been that, he kind of been that Steph Curry kind of guy, bringing people up and glue making guy, people baby. Glue legit. guy. Yeah. Glue guy cousins. Yeah. Yeah, like me. Like me. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, uh, that's the shocking part. So I guess if, if people are worried about that, he's at least killed that stigma. Yeah, I think he's become a good locker room person. And and let me ask you this, Andy, because I, I think this was so high on the DeMarcus Cousins 2019 list of priorities. One side, you got rehab the Achilles, you know, like the most debilitating injury a big man can suffer and, and prove that you can still ball. But on the other side, rehab the perception that DeMarcus Cousins is a problem in the locker room. And this group of players uh, being such a solid core I, I think he, he almost might not even have had the opportunity yep. to have that influence, but then you had what happened in November. You had KD and Draymond. Yep. And everybody that I've talked to around this team, it you know, I know quite a few people that work very close to the team. They're around these guys every day. Every single thing that I heard about the aftermath of that and getting these guys, Draymond and KD, back on the same page uh, was uh, DeMarcus had a huge role in that. And... I think it's so important for him to evaluate uh, his public perception, or excuse me, uh, rehabilitate the you know his image, uh, you know the public perception that Demarcus Cousins isn't great in the locker room. I think that gave him the chance to do that. Right, and the Lakers wanted him. Can you imagine that? Yeah. <laughs> imagine if he signed with the Lakers for the mid level or whatever it was. Right, that would have been ugly. But then, right. where, well, then where's Javale McGee going to find a home, bro? <laughs> Come on, man. When Javale's got to eat too. No, you're right though. Absolutely. Uh, but do you think, I mean, how how important is that for him? Obviously, he's got to show he can ball, clearly, and that he's back from uh, from the injury. But what about the rehabbing of DeMarcus Cousins, the man, and the, the perception that, hey, this guy's trouble? That's why people come to the Golden State Warriors, and, and that's why it works out. And the other thing is, uh, Draymond and Katie used to be close friends. Yeah. Right? They used to be almost best friends at that point. And they're still friends now, 
right? We we talked about what happened in November. But Draymond and Cousins, they're more similar than than Draymond and KD. Yeah. Right? Dray, Draymond and Cousins are built kind of the same way. Yeah. Um, and they're built with that image kind of sometimes it's a bad thing, but that fire is what you need. Yeah. Right? And, and the Warriors love Steph, my favorite player, right? He's he's the guy in the Bay Area that you want. But that fire, that comes from Draymond. And sometimes it's missing for someone like Steph and Clay. Um, but you get that from Cousins. Right. That type of game where it's, you know, it's, what is it? It's mid-February, you get March coming up. Who cares about these games, right? Or December. All of a sudden, you got Cousins out there, and it just makes the game way more fun. Something that truly matters. I watched the Thunder and the Jazz tonight. They play a game that they care about. When's yeah. the last time the Warriors played a game that they care about? That's what Cousins is good at. That's what Draymond does, right? Steph does it, and Clay does it as well, but... These guys have a different different level of emotion that makes the game just sure they've got that and I think that can can work out to their advantage more often than not getting everybody having everybody accountable with that competitive fire and kind of wearing their emotions on their sleeve but to be that emotional all day every day <laughs> like that can also wear on a team that let's face it uh, you know if you're if you're Clay Thompson. You don't need DeMarcus Cousins to tell you how to win a basketball game. You've won a whole lot more basketball games than DeMarcus Cousins has. What's DeMarcus Cousins going to tell Steph Curry? Draymond can because they've been through all those battles together, right? And, hey, that's that's Draymond's role. What's DeMarcus Cousins going to tell Steph Curry about being being up for the moment in the fourth quarter? I mean, you know, I mean, like, if I'm Steph, like, get out of here with that, right? And <laughs> hey, it comes back to how good life is as a Warriors fan, right? All season long, you hear <laughs> KD, KD, Moody, KD, New York, you know, all of this stuff, Cousins, injury. Uh. All of, Steph was out for uh, 15 games almost. And then you kind of look at it the other way, and their motivation, their inspiration this season is watching an all-star center, quite possibly the most skilled center in the NBA. And they're kind of tur- turning that into kind of a sideshow. Yeah. It's not. It's not if St- if Cousins shows up, you know, we can probably win a championship. It's hey, Cousins going to show up. We're going to laugh a little more. We're going to smile a little more. We're going to win the championship anyway. At least let's make it a little bit more fun than it was last year. Yeah. No, you're right about that. All right. In studio joining us is Andy Liu from Warriors World. Uh, great Twitter follow at Andy K H L I U on the Twitter machine. Uh, joining us for the next hour here uh, at ninety five seven. The game. Ryan Covey with you on a Friday night. Did you, uh, did you hear Kyrie's comments the other day about the media and ruining the locker room? Come on, Kyrie. They got better than that, bro. Are, is Kyrie and KD not meant for each other? I mean, it sounds oh, like man. they are, but I just... They, just... they just can't handle, right, the way that the media talks about things. And why does the media talk about it? Why do we, why do we talk about it? Why do you talk about it, right? You uh, hear things, you see it's things. my job. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's entertainment, right? And they make it entertaining. If Kyrie yeah. came out and just said, you know, hey, I'm all about this season. I'm not worried about it, right? Like blah 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 blah. Want to win a title this year? I'll address free agency in the offseason. That's what Who I said. Cares? Kevin Durant should take that line every time. Just give the stock answer. It all goes back to the movie Bull Durham, the baseball movie. Just Great trying movie. to help the team win. God willing, uh, you know, the we just uh, want to take it one game at a time. I mean, these stock answers. Yeah, it sucks for us. And we say, oh, look at this vanilla answer. Bill Belichick in the NFL, same thing. Yeah, we're moving on to the, you know, we're moving on to Detroit or we're on to Cincinnati. And you just give these stock answers, then they'll stop asking the questions. It's when you bite and you you, you take the bait and they reel you in real quick, and and then you show that emotion. You have that outpour, you know, that kind of outburst like KD did uh, a couple of weeks ago. That's when grow up. you're the front page story. Yeah, grow up, man. And 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 part of me. Totally empathizes with the guy. Yep. Like, hell yeah. He, I just, he's like, because you could hear the sincerity in his yep. voice. Yo, man, I just want to play basketball. Yep. And yo, I, 
we can all relate to that. Like, yo, you just want to do your job. Yeah. I respect the hell out of it. Like, just because he plays professional basketball doesn't mean he needs to be hounded about, you know, what he's doing next year and everybody wants a piece of him, you know, like on the court and off. But in a way, though, that's part of the deal. Yeah. There's parts about every job that people don't like. But guess what? You get paid fairly handsomely yeah, for it, right? Well, get paid. And, and here's the thing. I respect that honesty. Sure. Right? Good. I, I like That's honesty. Great. Love Give it that. to me. Yeah. Love that, right? If you don't like your job, say it, right? A lot of the times people won't say it. KD looks like he's saying it. But guess what? If you say it, stuff's going to happen, yeah. right? People are paid to scream in mics on TV about this kind of stuff. And you're given the best material possible for everyone. Um, and that's why I think Katie doesn't understand it. And you know who does? You know who's the best at this? There's two best people. Steph is boring. He's the most boring interview I've ever seen. Yeah. Right? And LeBron James, the greatest athlete ever at manipulating the media and branding and marketing into something where he looks like the best man possible. Yeah. I've never seen anybody yet do it better than LeBron after the decision. And Katie and Kyrie just seem like, listen, you can't control what people say. Right? This yeah, is- you can't. You can't. <laughs> And and really, at this point, shouldn't these guys be used to the level of scrutiny and the fact that everybody's going to this rampant speculation? I mean, it's just part of the deal. Right. And just shine it like who cares if you're Kevin Durant? You just, hey, trying to help the Golden State Warriors win a title this year. I'll address free agency in the offseason. Oh, yeah. But Kevin, what about? Trying to help the Golden State Warriors win a title this year. I'll address free Almost agency in the offseason. Right, exactly. Yeah, no, uh-huh. and that's the last thing we want to put people to sleep. <laughs> it's 95-7 the game. Ryan Covey hanging out with Andy Liu in studio. Andy, of course, uh, of Warriors World. Warriors World, uh, a terrific uh, resource for Dub Nation. I want to get into this as well. Uh, how much credit do you give Steve Kerr for this run? Because there's so much star power here. These guys are so great. But... I look at Steve Kerr, and I'll tell you, Andy, first of all, I'm hard-pressed to ever like think of a moment where Steve Kerr said something. I was like, well, I'm not really feeling coach right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I, I know like ideologically I mesh like with his way of thinking and just kind of his metaphysical right. view of the world. I, I'm, I'm in lockstep with him. I'm feeling Coach Kerr. You know what I mean? But like, you, you talk about a guy that understands what it means to to be the best you know he played with jordan played with pop you know came out of that coaching tree also understands the plight of the role player i was talking about this earlier steve kerr messed around and hit a shot to win a title while being a role player under michael jordan so he understands that side of things the need to get quinn cook lifted up on the odd night you think about what he did when he came in Taking David Lee and Andre Iguodala, moving them to the to the second unit, and and coming out there and starting Draymond Green, starting Harrison Barnes, empowering these young players, and being able to sell that to those veterans. And hell, uh, later that year, Andre Iguodala messes around, he's Finals MVP. So hard to argue with the results, right? How much credit are you giving Steve Kerr for this run? And do you think if they have Coach X, I mean, we've seen him under Luke Walton or Coach Brown, and you know, in a vacuum, have some success. How much credit are you giving Steve uh, Kerr, Andy? This is, this is the most underrated storyline of the dynasty. That, that's me, what I easily, think, too. Yeah, th- this and Bob Myers, I think, handling of players behind the scenes is the most underrated. Um, we can take it all the way back to, to Mark Jackson, and we watched that offense. Um, me, we knew. Like, you can't run Steph Isos. You can't run Clay post-ups. Harrison Barnes post-ups all day long. Like, sure. There's got, I, I'm not smart enough to know what they should be running. Right. But somebody's got to do something better than that. Now, Mark Jackson instilled that type of confidence to allow them to chuck up 30 shots. 
Steve Kerr came in, and I don't think people remember this because they say, hey, kind of like with Spo, if Spo gets a bad rap about this, you throw the ball out and you're going to say, hey, you got you know three, four all-stars, whatever it is, they'll figure it out. It's not how it works. Right. He implemented a system that was you know kind of half triangle, half Mike D'Antoni's, Don Nelson kind of thing where they play fast, and then he put together a coaching staff with Ron Adams that – a defense that changed the entire NBA for kind of this entire decade. I agree. And changed the entire game. And Steph, to me, one of the greatest players of all time already, maybe even the best player in the league, but it doesn't happen without Steve Kerr unlocking that with those screens. We make fun of Steph sending back screens, but where are they without that flow offense, right? That for those first two seasons, the way they're moving the ball, Draymond Green, you can't have him shoot 20 shots a game. You can't. But if you have him at the top of the nail and he's throwing dimes left and right and you're allowing Andre Iguodala and Harrison Barnes to finish, right? Now we got something that works. Yeah. You know, Andre Iguodala's not a guy. We came, He came here. He knew. He's not a guy that can shoot. He don't want to. No. No. Not especially that. at this point in his career. Maybe maybe Andre Iguodala 10 years ago. And even then <laughs> even on his then best day. Yeah, yeah, on his best day. You're right. So yeah. he's a top. And, and, and again, on top of all of that, we're not even talking about the way he handles the ego of players. Um, some yeah. of the times I think he's a little on and off with Draymond. But he he gets the best out of him from an emotional emotional perspective because man it's it's year five, they're about to win the fourth title, right out of five years and to control and handle all these emotions from players. No, I mean, you're it's right. Not about easy. That. Yeah, hundred percent. And let me ask you this. Uh, and by the way, we're talking to Andy Liu from Warriors World here on ninety five seven, doing a little Warriors talk for about the next hour. Uh, if you have any uh, any questions for Andy just about the, the state of the franchise, and, of course, we're talking about Steve Kerr right now and uh, his role in all this, how much credit, Dub Nation, do you give Steve Kerr for all this? And really, uh, Bob Myers. I mean, they're not shooting jump shots, but uh, they're putting this roster together, and ultimately they're keeping these guys on task. You mentioned Mark Jackson, and, and let me ask you this. Take me back to your mindset Back after the 2013 season, the Warriors have just been eliminated in seven games, just lose to the Clippers. They lost all their centers in that series. And the year before, you know, they'd upset the Nuggets and, you know, went pushed the Spurs kind of tough. But there they are, out of the playoffs. So they're two years in the playoffs under Mark Jackson, have won a series. You see them making improvements, but you still feel like uh, there's obviously a lot of room for growth there and, and still some untapped potential. When you heard that they were moving on from Mark Jackson, what did you think? I got some old tweets. Yeah, that were pretty happy about that. Okay, All surprisingly, right. now I with the Clay and, and Kevin Love, I wanted Love. I did too. No, one. I admit it. I, did, I, I admit it. it. I admit it. I know. Factual. I know because I just thought Curry on the yeah, outside, yep. Caleb on I the said. inside. I and mean, keep in mind, the dude was killing it at the time. Oh, yeah, 30, the Timberwolves. 20s. Yeah, he's like thirty-five points, twenty rebounds. I'm like, hell yeah, I want this dude. Made I'm the same way. I admit it. Made a mistake. Me this too. One, <laughs> and you know what the funny thing is? Um, I like that. Thank you for admitting that because I felt I was the same way, man. I went on I went on the air in the bear. I said the same thing. Go get Kevin Love. Okay, trade I said, you have to. Trade them all. Yeah. Give them a pick. Whatever right. you got to do. Turns yeah, yeah. out Clay, ended, Clay and Steph ended up changing the entire decade of how basketball is played. <laughs> yeah, that's is, all. That's which all. Which is not a big deal. But sure. um, the players wanted Mark Jackson back. Draymond and Steph were two of the largest vocal supporters of, hey, Mark Jackson's our guy. Yeah. Right? We're riding, we're dying. This is our man. But they and Andre Godala, um, they they did not openly welcome Steve. They didn't hate him. It wasn't something where sure. like we're not going to play for Steve. But Steve had things to prove. Yeah, he had to earn his keep. Yeah, yeah, he had to earn it, and he did. But the players were not all on board. This is something that and, and keep in mind, Joe Lacob was a brand new owner, right? And Bob yeah. Myers, we had no idea who Bob Myers was. No idea. 
And it was almost like, oh, they're going to try to hire one of their friends, right? One of these, you know, one of these old guys, right? They're going to give some to a job. We no idea. Steve Kerr was a GM. He wasn't even good, right? He right. Was, he yeah, was yeah. Okay. He, yeah, he didn't have some huge track record, uh, record of success in that respect. He's You're a right. nice guy. He made a bunch of funny jokes, mm-hmm. right? You, you never hated the guy, yeah. but you just had no idea if he could figure it out or not. Um, but you did know, and and the Warriors did know they needed to make a change, and they were very close, too, with Stan Van Gundy. I know. And that's yeah. kind of – Stan Van Gundy's a great coach, and this is where I see the Steve Kerr difference is Steve Kerr understands the long game uh, more than any coach in the He's league. playing chess, yeah. yeah he He's is. playing and, chess. And he understands that this this thing is is not 82 games, right? There's there's at least 20 more. There's at least 100 games in the season. Sure. And uh, Especially if like, you're trying to go where you, you want to go. Yeah. Yeah. Some guys don't understand it. And they're like, even myself, it's like, hey, why don't you just play Steph? Why are you sitting him, right? And why, but on the other hand, 33, 35 minutes is fine. Some other coaches are okay playing 40. You look at Alvin Gentry, who, yeah. who solid head coach, was playing AD and Cousins about 40 minutes a game well, last year. What choice year. did he have, though? You want to make the playoffs? Yeah. You got to play those guys. See, little content with that, yeah. Yeah, having such a deep bench. I mean, that look, to be able to play Curry, you know, 32, 33 minutes, that's a huge luxury. And, and the, the byproduct of that was, I mean, let's face it, especially for the first couple years of this run, they were hammering teams, and Steph Curry wasn't having to play in the fourth quarter. I, mean, yeah. I, I think that was a, a luxury that had they not been blowing teams out, you probably would have seen those minutes go up. I mean, hell, earlier this year, I just did a comparison where Steph's minutes were adding and Clay's minutes were at this year. Uh, they were up from years gone past, not because I don't think Kerr wanted to play them, but because he kind of had to if you want to win some of these games yeah. in the regular season. So, uh, it, you know, you kind of create that that luxury for yourself. All right, uh, Andy Liu from Warriors World's in here. We got a lot to get to. First name Stephen, last name Curry. He came into my life, now everything is less blurry. Oh, Steph, Steph, Curry, Steph, Curry, Curry, Steph, Steph. Helping me out, turning me into the best. best. Three for Curry. Curry on Bagley. Backs him up with the dribble. Takes a three over the top of him and knocks it down. 117-111. Curry's got 34. He's got 10 threes tonight. I've never seen anybody capable of shooting the three, three different ways. Uh, spot up, running off screens, and off the dribble. Ray Allen probably comes the closest. Uh, but nobody's ever done what Steph has done, the way he shoots. Now back to 95-7, the game. <laughs> now everything is less blurry. Oh, this is the jab right here. What's happening, everybody? It is 95.7 The Game. You know what time it is. Ryan Covey hanging out with you on a Friday night and very pleased to be joined in studio by uh, the number one Steph Curry apologist. No, big Steph Curry guy, big Steph Curry sport. That was a, a pot shot from Lucas Alexander on the other side of the glass. Andy Liu from Warriors World. Uh, Steph Curry, Curry, and... I've just been so amazed, and we got some some Draymond news to get to in a hot second, but just quickly on Curry, my affection for this man really knows no bounds either. It's been incredible, and the way that he handles himself on the court, you know, messing around, hitting 10 threes last night, all that good stuff, it's just going to be another Curry, Curry day, (laughs) but the way he handles himself off the floor, man, to me... He's the face of the NBA. It was Curry for a while, and then LeBron like kind of took it back for yeah. like about a year. But it's Curry again for me. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. yeah. And I, I agree. And it's it's someone that's he's a role model for how you lead a team, right? He's a role model for how you want to be as a teammate, um, and as a person on and off the court. It's just someone you just want to be around. You look around the court, and you might say that KD is more talented or LeBron has has better numbers, but. 
are those guys that you necessarily want to be around 24-7? No. That's and, what I'm saying about Russell Westbrook. Like, well, you know, we don't want to go kick it with Russell Westbrook, gonna go to the steakhouse with Russell Westbrook, go hang out, travel with Russ. No, Steph Curry, and we've seen this uh, this rise. Uh, Anthony Slater had a great piece in The Athletic about his meteoric rise from, like, you know, NBA, you know, first-round pick, shooter to all-star to NBA champ, superstar to icon. And that's what he is now. He's a freaking icon. Someone that did it, that wasn't there the, in his entire life. He wasn't slated to be the next great player. He had a late bloom. He yeah. was someone that, I mean, everybody knows about the ankle injuries, but even when he was healthy, he wasn't someone that people thought were going to be a top one player in the league right. or top two or top three, or even top 15. Sure. Right? Something that's just a shooter. And let's think about it this way, too. Who's been more impactful for, about the game of basketball, not just for the last four years, but for the next five? We've got guys like Trey Young that are coming in right. that have better handles and stuff at that age, got longer range and stuff at that age, right? We've got guys like Luka Doncic that's coming. He's doing ridiculous, you know, shooting and passing and just the flair for a game that, right. I mean, as much as, as great as LeBron is, who's probably always going to be a better player in the realm of all-time greats and stuff. Yeah, physical specimen. Does yeah. it impact the game and globally in the way that people look at basketball and how it's changed? Not like Steph Curry. It's been a revolution, man. And you just think about the three-point shot and to the, the way the NBA has changed and the amount of three-point shooting that we see in the league. And it, that that revolution is all attributed to Wardell, Stephen Curry. Uh, we got some Draymond Green news to get to. First, though, let's get to AJ and Fremont's been hanging on just on the, the notion of the credit of Steve Curry. You got about 30 seconds. Fire away, AJ. I just didn't want to leave you hanging. Go ahead. You're on 95.7. Right on. Thanks, guys. Um, you took a lot of my points there as far as, like, you know, Cur- you need a guy who can manage personalities. I think it's, it's, I think that's the most important thing in the game. You have this many superstars, and like you said, icons. They revolutionize the game. They're like global icons. Clay's huge in, in China. You got lucky because you got two guys who are really well-grounded and, and sort of... But this version of Draymond is not the same version that was there four years ago, right? He's yeah. a different animal now. Uh, you got KD, you got Boogie. You couldn't have just any coach manage this. You need a, a manager, a guy who's humble, who sort of can, you know, make fun of himself, who's secure enough to have guys like Ron Adams and sure. Elvin Gentry and Mike Brown around. So Great call. I think, I, I think Kerr diverse, uh, deserves a huge amount of credit. Hey, good stuff, AJ, and, and, and your points are very well taken. And a guy that can command the respect in the locker room, hey, I mean, He's hit a three to win a title. Not a lot of guys can say that. I mean, that matters. It does because uh, you you, you got to be able to sell that message to your guys, and you know you, you got to be able to back it up. And his resume speaks to that. All right, little breaking news for you on ninety five seven. The game. Uh, Ryan Covey, along with Andy Liu from Warriors World, hanging out for the last hour. Uh, it looks like Draymond Green is close to hiring Rich Paul of Clutch Sports. This is per uh, Chris Haynes from Yahoo Sports. Uh, Rich Paul. When you look at the guys that he represents, uh, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, uh, the Morris brothers, John Wall, Tristan Thompson, of course, the two names, though, that stand out the most to us, LeBron James and the what most people think soon to be Laker, Anthony Davis. By the way, Draymond, after this season, has one year left on that five-year, $82 million contract. And I think that's the perfect way to start this thing. Uh, You think he's happy about the contract offer that he's received, right? He reportedly got a... Three-year, I, I don't even remember what it was, maybe 60, 70, 80 mil contract extension. Yeah, no, what an insult. 
<laughs> I mean, <laughs> listen, he he might be worth that moving forward, but he, keep in mind he took a little bit of a discount last time to sign, and he he outplayed that one. Um, and I don't, and I think here's the thing, Draymond. He he's a smart guy. He's yeah. one of the smartest guys in the league. You don't think he knows that Kevin Durant might be gone, and right. if Kevin Durant's gone, the Warriors aren't going to chase center with just Stephen Clay. Right, right. They've almost got no choice but to pay out Draymond Green, and there's only so much low balling that you can do for someone of his caliber, and he's not playing around. Like with Clay, it's it's hey, just give me the max, I'll sign the dotted line. Sure, and he'll get it and he'll sign it. Right with Steph, it was the same thing. Give me the max of sign the dotted line. Yeah. Right, but those guys, they're going to be there. They're going to be great for you know the next four or five years. Draymond, you don't know. That's the problem. But he's smart enough to also know that the Warriors might be screwed without him. Yeah. Well, and look, regardless of how this plays out, unless Draymond really plays hardball and like demands a trade, requests a trade, you know, ultimately Maybe. the NBA demands a trade, yeah. which how it goes down these days, they're going to have him for one more year. Okay. Uh, the Clay thing needs to get handled this summer. We all know that. Uh, and I, I think we can all agree that Clay is going to get maxed out. Yep. I, d- Clay deserves a max deal, right? Yep. In your estimation? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've said he's the best two way two guard in the NBA for the last couple of years. Yep. Uh, I, you know, you think about what he does defensively, it's hard to argue. And I think sometimes we forget about that with Clay just because there's so much other. So much other noise with the Dubs. I mean, you're the third best player, and when Draymond's going right, you might even be like the fourth, fourth most important correct. player on this team. And that's crazy to think that the fourth most important player is worthy of a max contract. And look, I think as much as Joe Lacob would love to just give these guys, well, I wouldn't say love to, but as much as he could afford to give these guys max deals, that's not the way it works. You, you can't. You're not rolling with four max contracts. You just mm-hmm. you can't do it. You can't max out Curry. Clay, KD, Draymond. It's just not how it works. Oh, yeah, and then Andre Iguodala, he got his money. Uh, and got his money. You, you still got to field a roster. And guess what? Uh, this core of players, as great as they are, you can't be too top-heavy because then you'll topple over because you don't have anything underneath them. Yeah, and I mean, they almost kind of don't sometimes, right? You're almost kind of worried about that. Here's the thing. Uh, Joe Lacob said a couple weeks ago, um, and this is how you kind of know that Draymond and Lacob and these guys are kind of battling for, for leverage, right, and position. This is high stakes negotiations. These are millions of dollars we're talking about, right? Grown folks' money. Ooh, yeah. Right. I'm t- I make, I don't know. You don't want to tell them how much I make, right? And so with these guys, it's Lacob said, I'm willing to spend as much money as possible right. to keep this team together. Here's the thing he can max all of them out. He can if he wants to. Um, that luxury tax Ooh, bill will be chunky. Exactly. But here's the thing. He's, he says that. Lakeup says that because he almost kind of knows that he has no choice. And here's the thing. If KD, for some reason, comes back and he signs that extension, I can almost assume or guess Draymond won't be a warrior next season. Right. So you think – hold on, hold on. Okay, okay. So Andy Lee, Warriors World in the studio, Ryan Quebec. You think if Kevin Durant – signs a long-term deal with the Golden State Warriors this upcoming offseason, you think that Draymond will, will read that as the writing on the wall and say, get me the hell out of here? Yeah. I think that that's it. Right. And he won't he won't come out here. He's not going to do an Anthony Davis kind of thing. Right. He'll work something on the back end. The Warriors don't want this to kind of get out. But I, I do think, I have no idea, but I do think sure. that is that's something fair. that uh, that he wants. Right, he understands that. I think KD almost wants to be able to play that Draymond role because if you think about it, what can Draymond do on offense that KD can't do? Right, right? And, and Draymond's a great defender, but KD can approximate about seventy seventy five percent of that. 
And that's more touches for KD because Draymond essentially at the top passing the ball around. That's what KD can do. And so I I think at the end of the day, that is something where Draymond sees that writing on the wall and he's going to say, okay, let me go. Right, yeah. I'll, I'll sign this contract with the Detroit Pistons or, or whatever it is. Yeah, go home, <laughs> go back to Michigan. Yeah, whatever needs to be done. I, but that's that leverage. That's that negotiations. I do think that Draymond has him though, and, and this is kind of a shrewd move by him, yeah. um, because he and the rest of the team are kind of assuming that Katie's not going to be a Warrior next season, and the Warriors have no choice. You they, think they're going to sign him? You they're think Katie's out? You think he's opting out and rolling out this offseason? Yeah. He, he's I I think him as much as he's saying that he hasn't said anything about New York. There's just way too much noise around him in the offseason. Kind of what he does off the court, just too much stuff. And you think he's made up his mind? Because I I don't I don't think that he's necessarily made up his mind. If I had to guess right now, I would say yes, he is going to leave. But I also think that there's time to to maybe change his mind and. A part of me, and, and, and hear me out for a second, part of me thinks that these guys are so acutely aware of their legacy, and what better way to solidify, I know, and I know if you want to talk legacy, you can say, oh, well, the narrative will always be he joined up with a ready-made team to win titles, but I don't care how he got here. Uh, hey, LeBron James had to join up with all those guys in Miami just to get those first titles, okay? He's so aware of his legacy, all these guys are, of their place in history. And and where do you have a better chance? And, and how do you have the best legacy? You win the most titles, right? Correct. And where do you have the best opportunity to do that? And you've already, you have, you have an owner that will pay, basically hand you a blank check. You've got a rabid fan base. You've got a brand new building in San Francisco that's going to be the toast of the NBA. It's California. You're part of an established legacy already. And guess what? If you sign long-term, you're going to be the favorite to win, like, what, three of the next five titles? Correct. Why would you ever want to leave this? What could possibly be the allure other than, like, a new challenge? Isn't it challenging enough holding off the rest of the NBA and being that alpha, that big dog on the block? Who would ever want to leave that? And you play for Steve Kerr and Bob Myers is your GM. Short-term versus long-term thinking, right? You think KD's kind of looking at this and and... He's not getting the love that he wants right now. What, what love? What does he want? He's essentially he wants to be Steph Curry. Yeah. All right. He wants I, to be. Ste- he wants to be. Then that why'd guy. you come here in the first yeah, place? Well, there you, you exactly. knew this was Steph's squad, baby. Exactly. You knew right? this was Steph's team. So things change, right? Things change, and how he feels changes, right? And it's changed. Yeah. Right. He thought he was going to come here. He thought things were going to happen. He thinks this and that, and, and he wants to be kind of like LeBron. And <laughs> right, that's kind of his thing. He thinks LeBron is the best player. He thinks he's the second best player. He doesn't think of Steph as a top three, four, five player. You don't think KD thinks of Steph that highly? He thinks of him highly because he's a big, right? Or you know, a, yeah. a bigger guy. Yeah. Like he's a three, but yeah, he, because he's not a, a, a perimeter player, and he can do a lot of the things that Steph can, but a whole hell of a lot oh, of yeah. things that Steph can't do. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and, and he sees that. Don't be. Why is he out there size hating, man? Just because Steph. <laughs> I love that. Just because Steph's only well, how tall Steph's like six three. Just because. Just because Steph ain't six seven or six eleven. However tall KD is. Yeah, come on, man. But you're right. That ain't right. Why you come here? Yeah. Why'd right? you come Why here? You, you come knew here? what time it was. And, and it, it, look, and let me say this: if he leaves, like let's say the Warriors win the title this year, and it's three titles in three years, and and you know, there's a chance Durant could be the NBA Finals uh, MVP again, and even the best player in the world. Sure. Even if he wasn't, let's say that he, let's say he's not even the Finals MVP, but the Warriors win the title this year. If he leaves, my man came here for three years, and all three years y'all won the title. Like, who could ever have a problem with Kevin Durant? Because look, if you don't want to have a problem with him leaving Oklahoma City and coming to the Dubs in the That's first correct. place, which I never met a Warrior fan that had a problem with that. Yep. 
because he was a free agent, free to play where he chooses, than having the right to be a free agent. And because the players have all the power with all these, you know, one and ones with the opt outs, they've created that scenario for themselves. How'd they do that? By, you know, by being great, being breadwinners and uh, being entities, being valuable commodities. And so they get, they have say in their future. Uh, I don't think Warriors fans should ever begrudge him. I just, I, I can't fathom why he would want to leave this behind. I can't. He wants some new grass is always greener. But literally, why? literally. So the Knicks, it would suck. And if you can't handle the media attention here, what you, you think it's going to be better in New York? No chance. What did, uh, what did LeBron do after Miami? Right. Went well, back to Cleveland. Home. He came home. He came home. Great narrative. Yeah. Right. After that, he knew they were, they were done. Oh, yeah. Um, and then what did he do after that? LA, right. It's his own team. Not much pressure. Nobody expects him to win oh, a yeah, title. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. That's why he signed Space Jam 2. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Space Jam 2 gets it direct. You know, he gets to live in L.A., right? Um, if you're KD, he's kind of modeled himself after LeBron. And he's got his titles. He's going to get three. Uh, people yeah. are going to think of him as the best player. Whatever, right? Now he wants to have his own team. Maybe that's what makes him happy. He thinks that's going to make him happy. When he was in OKC, he thought that playing the Warriors way is going to make him happy. And now he wants to go back to playing ISO and be the guy, right? Wants to play with Kyrie. Wants to be the two main guys on the team. Doesn't want that free flow in offense. Things change. And I think he thinks that's going to make him happy. And that's the problem. If you don't know what's going to make you happy, what are you going to do? I can't help you, man. How about money and titles? Like, I mean, I'm sorry. can help you. Endless riches. Uh, a, a legacy that could never be disputed because all you do is win the NBA title every year. I, I'm sorry, I just I can't fathom. And, and you get to play for Steve Kerr and Bob Myers and play at the Chase Center for like the coolest owners in professional sports. Yeah, instead of James Dolan, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you're gonna go play for that jackhole. All right, it's 95-7. The game. It's Ryan Covey joined in studio by Andy Liu of Warriors World. Been having a lot of fun this hour. A little breaking news coming out of the NBA. Sounds like, and this is according to Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports. Sounds like Draymond Green is close to hiring Rich Paul. As his agent, uh, Rich Paul, of course, of Clutch Sports, represents, among others, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. This could potentially be a shrewd move for Draymond Green, who after this season will have one year left on his deal and uh, maybe looking to uh, either tell the Warriors, draw a hard line with the Warriors, uh, I need to get paid a lot more than you've been offering me or I'm out of here, baby. And with this whole Kevin Durant will he or won't he hanging over the team, there is a, a very unattractive scenario for Warriors fans that sees a lot of these guys leaving town this summer. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but there is a scenario where DeMarcus Cousins, Kevin Durant, and uh, Clay Thompson all leave this summer, and Draymond Green leaves next summer. And like it could be like, Steph Curry, baby. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. And then you go get Giannis in 2021. 20, uh, it's all good. Uh, l- so let's get out here. to the phones real quick. Tish is in Hercules. Tish, you're on uh, 95.7 The Game. What's going down? Hi. <clears throat> and by the way, Ryan, I love you. Thank you. I love you, too. You have a lot of energy, but I totally disagree with you about KD. So now I'm going to come down your road. That's all good. Come on down. The weather's fine. <laughs> my my dog Knuckles will bite you though. Okay, because KD has been here three years, right? And every other moment, somebody is on the radio talking about, oh, he wants to be like Steph, or he wants to do this, or he wants to be that, or he's unhappy. I think the only thing that KD could possibly be unhappy about is what I am unhappy about. When are you guys going to understand he's wearing our jersey, he's one of us? What does the brother have to do to have you regard him as a warrior? He's on our team. He's been on our team. He's been contributing to our team. So why is it every other moment somebody on the radio is speculating about all the different ways he's unhappy? 
Well, first of all, let me let me say this, Tish. I, I, I'm just talking about the narrative. Like, I, let me first of all, I don't know Kevin Durant. Uh, I only know what I've seen. All I could say is, if I'm Kevin Durant, I want to be where I can have the best opportunity uh, to win now and and have all the riches in the world. I just can't fathom why anybody would want to leave this, be it Kevin Durant or or anybody. Like you have the opportunity for something so special. Uh, but I I would not begrudge Kevin Durant. I, I just finished telling all Warriors fans if Kevin Durant helped, if the Warriors never won another game with Kevin Durant, the guy's already helped you win two titles. Probably going to help you win three. You should always love this guy. So let's make that abundantly clear. I've got nothing but but respect for the guy. I. I do think, though, because he came to this situation where it was already ready-made and they had already won one title, probably should have won another, uh, there's always going to be that narrative that, hey, you, you kind of jumped on a little bit later. I, I don't personally care uh, that he came later. He still helped this team win a couple other titles. But I also, part of me, always feel like he's fighting an uphill battle because that's always going to be the story of Kevin Durant is that he came after they were already established. Why did he stop spinning that narrative? I think the the reason why Kevin got upset with the media a couple weeks ago is because he's not giving that narrative. The media is always spinning that narrative about him, presuming that this is the way he's thinking. You know, I, I on the one hand, you say something I agree with 100%. It makes no sense that he want to leave when he's been on a winning team right. and the team has got great coaching, great ownership, et cetera. And yet, every other day, somebody's on the radio talking about why he's probably going to leave. So I think as you guys, not you per se, or I got you. Show only, yeah. but as you guys with the narrative that if it were me, I, it would be on my nerves too, because essentially you're making him feel unwelcome. All right. Thanks for the call, Tish. I appreciate it. Thanks for the love. Hey, that you, you signed up for that. You're in yeah, the NBA, man. Hey, listen, if, 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 if things weren't being said, right, the media wouldn't be reporting on it. You think these guys come out here and just start lying? Right. right, and making stuff up, right? He's starting to sound a little like the 45th president of the United States. Okay, we're not going there. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. They report on things that they hear. They report yeah. on things that people say, right? And we're not talking about people like me out here making stuff up, right? We're yeah. talking about people like players, owners, executives, right. agents. Yeah. These guys are talking for a reason, right? And, and it's not that they're reporting on made-up things just to make KD feel bad. I think that's the last thing people care about. They want to report on news that people care about and. That's where KD's going to go. Right. right? Now, that, everybody should care about that. He's such an it important matters. person. Yeah, it does matter. And guess what? Uh, this is the same guy that had a freaking burner account that got outed on that. So obviously he cares. And do you really think that things would be better in New York or L.A. or wherever he would go? It's never going to be better. And, and let's face it. He came from Oklahoma City Thunder. Not exactly the uh, the media pressure cooker, okay? So this is definitely a step here. up. No, I get it. Yeah, totally. Right, exactly. I, I totally believe that. Yeah. The, 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 I love the, I know a lot of the guys that work in the media. <laughs> they're good dudes. They're, they have they're integrity. Not, yeah. they're, they're not gossip columnists. Yep. They actually want to do nice work. Uh, I firmly believe that. And, and I actually know a lot of these guys personally. So uh, that to that end, I, I think these guys are just professionals doing their job. Uh, but if he thinks it'd get any easier, like in like New York or, or L.A., I do think, though, uh, there is a point to be made, though, that Kevin Durant's always been fighting an uphill battle to kind of be welcomed as a dub. Yeah, um, I, I can see that. And he he hears the bad things way more than the good things. And I think a lot of people are like that. Here's the thing. The Warriors set up the narrative perfectly before the season. They said, hey, we're going to enjoy the season. It might be the last time we're ever going to play together. We're going to play with joy again. Right. Yeah. It was great. They started out amazing. The narrative was perfect. Boom. Steph gets hurt. Yeah. And that's it. Right. And ever since then, it's been 
just crazy, hectic, kind of whatever it is. And that's what's happened. We yeah. didn't create any of that. That's just things that are said and reported on um, by people that matter. People no that know. Good stuff, man. Hey, really appreciate you coming in. Andy Liu, Warriors World. You guys keep up the great work over there at Warriors World.